football on off the ball with Sky all the football you love in one place across Sky Sports BT Sport and Premier Sports now you're very welcome back so very happy to say Mr Brian Kerr has joined us in studio to reflect on week one of the World Cup feels like we're about week eight into it but it's only been a week yeah, yeah, it's been a lot on, that's no joke. Have you seen any daylight in the last week? Uh, how are you enjoying it? It's been eventful on and off the pitch, so how has week one treated you? Well, I have to say, Joe, I was very happy not to be asked to go to Qatar to to walk there. I've been privileged to be able to go as a fan to a good few walk-ups or do a bit of walk. Um, last time I was in Russia for a few games, it was very interesting to see, and I walked um, on doing co-commentary on two previous ones Brazil uh, South Africa I've gone to a, a fair few as a as a as a punter let's say in 1966 <laughs> uh, 1990 94 um, 98 so but I have to say from the off on this I never had any great desire I have been in I've I've been in the UAE a couple of times, not on holidays for football reasons. We had teams playing there when I was involved in the underage international situation. And I didn't like it. I didn't like the culture. I didn't like the way that it appeared uh, that people were treated. It was the same situation. I don't know. I don't know how many migrant workers were killed. Yeah, building the massive hotels and skyscrapers in Dubai over the years, we never got figures on those things, and it was never such an issue that you know the international media uh, honed in on it. But I never felt comfortable around the hotels um, in the way that the 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 workers appeared to me that they were almost like uh, slaves in the hotels to the to the to the visitors, mostly European visitors. Time, but I was there as I said. We were. I was there in a coaching capacity. Looking, I didn't like it. I I I I didn't like Iran when I was in Iran a couple of times either. Um, and uh, I'm not putting forward the idea that people shouldn't go and visit these places. I'm just saying, I wouldn't have felt particularly. I thought I was going to enjoy going mm. to Qatar for matches, which is what I, I would have done in the past at World Cups because they're such a such they're such joyous occasions. That's why people travel all around the world to meet, meet other people from other countries and share in their joy and fun and laughter and 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 in their love of sport and not always just love of football. A lot of people that travel are are interested in other sports, but football brings the world together in many ways at the World Cup. But I, I, I didn't have that feeling about this one. So I heard you using the word uh, conflicted when you were talking to Dion and Sarah earlier on. And I would have certainly been conflicted had I been put in that situation. But I wasn't. So uh, I was I was in a situation, being the build-up, that I wasn't particularly doing the analysis of the teams and someone said to me who do you think is going to win it which several people did I said I'm not really sure yet so they haven't sorted out the squads because a lot of players injured and it was a way of kind of backing out of having to look at the teams in detail as I, as we all normally would and analysing them and saying what's the strength and weaknesses who's in the best of shape who's brilliant in qualification was the best balanced teams I didn't really do that I waited till the matches have started and now the matches are on and because I was coming to do do this I said I better watch matches and then my 
whole obsession takes over the matches are on I feel I should watch them mm. and then I'm starting to look at them tactically looking at the nuances of the games the approach of the teams but you cannot avoid all the outside stuff that's been going on for teams for the issue around the wearing of the armband armband or no wearing of the armband and FIFA's threats and Infantino's speech uh, at the first match um uh, the, the the pressure on the Iranian team, the non-singing of the anthem, the the courage they had to do that, then waiting for their second match after they get battered by England six two. How did they approach that? How did they how did they get over? What sort of threats went on in the background? We don't know as yet whether we'll ever know. And you're waiting to see. And then the second match, they they they, they kind of. It was almost like they were miming the national anthem when I watched them. Uh, it, it was certainly wasn't. It wasn't. There was no. It wasn't fervent. It wasn't passionate. It wasn't as we we've seen with all with almost every team that's there. So all of these kind of side things are going on that you you, you can't you can't ignore them when you're watching the games the the lies about the numbers at the matches the crowds you can see it in the stadiums that the stadiums are. There's big, big gaps in that. As a matter, uh, kind of a little bit of an intriguing one. I decided that this morning I'd look how much would it cost me to go to a match next week if I wanted to buy a ticket. And it looked like the minimum price was 300 quid to get into a match, the cheapest ticket. And I'm going, 300 quid is the minimum. So people are paying minimum 300, uh, but they're paying up to 1500 for euro per ticket for a match the, the amount of money people are spending are gone it's no surprise that the numbers are not travelling from um, well Europe I suppose the main when you look at Argentina last night it, was, it, it seemed like there was a massive crowd in Argentina and Mexico it was hard to judge just watching it on TV but both of them had huge support Saudi Arabia next door to um Next door to Qatar, they have huge support there. It's a huge company, country, big, big, um, big population. Easy for them to get there. Morocco looked like massive support as well, not too far away. So those countries have big support, but a, a lot of other countries don't have big support. And it's the costs, I think. You, you look at the stuff where people have been getting ripped up or off in the accommodation. The accommodation hasn't been built. that have been promised in some cases. Mm. And they're being charged 200 quid a night for for a skimpy tent that's half built and not, or, or not built when they arrived. And they're, they're chasing, chasing refunds. There's just so many elements of it that are... Don't sit well. The confiscation of people's gear on the way in, jerseys with some message on them, like the message of women, life, freedom, and the Iranians' case being confiscated. The fact that the stewards or the security have been so diligent in their work. Oh, that takes away the joy, the joy of the normal World Cup. I and mean, we, we've had to go through security the World Cups for several years. You've been at them. I'm sure you've been at them, have you? Yeah, Brazil. Yeah, and, and you, you go through it and you know, but there's an element of, we know we have to go through this, but there's also an element of respect from um, that you might have got it slightly wrong by something you have in your bag and the, there's a place where they'll store it for you because you can't bring it into the ground when there's a spiky umbrella or whatever it was. But, this seems to be kind of just outrageous. The Welsh hats one, where they 
started to confiscate the hats of the Welsh supporters. And then then eventually, Erdnall Mooney, the CEO of the Welsh FA, coming out with a bit of a speech saying, well, FIFA have now allowed us, to have told us that our supporters can wear these coloured hats. I mean, how awful, how ridiculous is that? And I know it's a different culture. I know, you know, it's not simple. It's not... There's nothing simple uh, about about the whole situation. I mean, the idea of it being there, of a, of 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 the World Cup being in the, in the, in the Middle East, I think that's fair enough. I think for too long it went on. It was Europe, South America, Europe, Europe, South America, and then it broke out and it went to uh, USA '94, uh, and then we had we had uh, we had the Africa South Africa t- 2010 mm-hmm. to uh, uh, back to South America again um you you go on you know is it fair that it should be like that of course it, it shouldn't be like that but if they were going to do it in the way i mean it was the amount of skullduggery that went on and the corruption around the decision on Russia 2018 and this one it's just it's it's just amazing when you look look back into it but at least, if it, if it was going to go there, and I had a look at the map in the last couple of days, what should have been done, if FIFA were really honest and wanted to portray themselves as the, 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 the great world authority on the game who wanted to spread the game, they should have played it. With in a partnership like the next one with with Mexico, USA, and Canada, and they should have done it with some of their closest neighbours, the likes of Kuwait, Oman, Bahrain, those ones, maybe Saudi Arabia in it as well. But they could have used any of those that little group around there who were all very wealthy, who had all been capable of building the stadiums. Instead of the situation at the moment, where again you, you discussed it in the newspaper review earlier on, where they have boxed eight stadiums into an area, as I understand it, between about the size of, uh, from Greystones to Balbriggan. They've boxed eight, which are going to be useless in the future for uh, the Qatari League. Uh, if the population of Qatar is 300,000 locals and, uh, and maybe 2.2 million uh, immigrant workers who you wonder will they all stay how many will be left after but they're not all football supporters supporting the Qatari League so they're never going to need those stadiums for that time. so we've seen this before to a, to a lesser degree in other countries but if they'd spread it around them a few of them I think that would have been that would have been more acceptable it might have had a, more of an impact uh, in many many ways there wouldn't have been so much attention on the defects um, are the deficiencies in the culture, the treatment of the migrant workers, the treatment of the LBGQ plus community, attitudes towards women, uh, women's rights. If it had been spread around more, and the other thing about it is, I mean, it's totally, totally immoral, the spending on this. If it's 200 billion or 300 billion, we won't know what the figures are. There seems to be no shortage of billions mm. to spend mm. in the on the network, on the, the roads network. To, in the current world, in the way things are in the world, surely those a few of those countries could have got together and held that World Cup. And the money that was saved could have went to alleviating some of the other problems around the world at the moment. What if the, if the, if the I'm not just saying the Qataris on their own, but the rest of those rich Middle Eastern states, if they decided, well, we've agreed to do this and we will put the money into 
developing uh, a water system, a proper wa- water system um, in, in Africa to alleviate the awful things and awful famines that are having, uh, happening in so many places in Africa due to climate change. They could have an impact, an influence of 50 billion, 50 billion for stadiums, for roadwork networks, for a metro, for a tournament for a few weeks. I mean, it, 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 it's, it's, it's totally immoral yeah. and disgusting as far as I'm concerned, Joe. But look, at there, there, but you can't put that aside when you're watching the matches. And that's I'm saying that I'm someone that loves the matches and watches the games and you know, will enjoy the football and loved Ricarlison's goals the other night and was enjoying watching Mbappe and the thrill of, of, of Iran coming back from the awfulness of that day and the 6-2 and the battering they got and winning the match against Wales in dramatic fashion they did. Yeah, there's, there's, there's joy in that and the reaction of their supporters, the reaction of their fans, the reaction of the players and the staff. Oh, that, that's lovely. There's emotion in that and you, you, you have to enjoy that. Uh, but still... There's the conflict. Absolutely. On um, last night's game, so Mbappe, at 23 years of age, now has 30 goals for France, which is just outrageous. That was his seventh World Cup goal. So only Mbappe and Pele have scored seven World Cup goals before the age of 25. Uh, Messi, for instance, has eight. So Mbappe's already at seven. I saw the word uncontainable used to describe um, Mbappe by, uh, I think it was Jonathan Northcroft, at the game. That's not a bad word. He looks like he has pitched up looking and feeling absolutely electric. That seemed like a beautiful game last night. Two teams playing lovely football and uh, thoroughly enjoyable. We'll go on to Mexico, Argentina in a second, which was a contrast. Uh, what did you take from Denmark, France? Well, I, I, I thought, I mean, we, we know Denmark fairly well from our regular matches with them over, over recent years and we know how well-organised and disciplined side that they are. Uh, I, when I say disciplined, I, I mean that... They are very effective with the players they have. They don't have a lot of players of um, of massive international standing, although they have plenty of players playing at a high level. Christian Eriksen is the one that we see most often, and and his 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 story in particular is magnificent story after what happened to him at the Euros, and he comes back in. They're a very good side, but um, I I thought it was very interesting how they. How they contained uh, France for so long in the game, but ultimately, I mean, this is what we've seen in in the tournament. If you look at, at some of the trends, mm. we you know we, in advance. Uh, I'll come back to France in particular, but if you look before the tournament, we're looking at how will it be for Ronaldo? How will it be for Messi? How will it be for Gareth Bale? Will Harry Kane be brilliant for England? Uh, how will Modric still go? So some out there, the older fellas, and then there's Mbappe coming along. De Bruyne not going so well, and uh, and these these are are the stars, and then Neymar is the other one. You're wondering how he influenced the game, and and the moments in the game so far. I mean, Ronaldo has 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 pulled out the goal. He yeah. he made himself a penalty. Didn't play very well in the match. He's probably still a hindrance. I think he's a bit of a hindrance in, in their team as he was in Man- Manchester United. Um, Gareth Bale has been poor, similar, made a penalty. Ronaldo scores a penalty, Bale scores a penalty, Messi scores a penalty the four, in the, all the first game. The contributions other than that in the match were very poor until yeah. Messi. But we'll go back to Mbappe, the young man. The uh, I remember a few years ago saying, 
like weren't we, weren't we lucky to be around to see Ronaldo and Messi's brilliance for so long? Not 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 necessarily in the World Cup, or always in the World Cup, but in, in football that we see so much of on telly at the top level in Champions League, um, and and then you're waiting and who who is going to be the who is going to be the one, and certainly Mbappe has has lived up to that with all the stuff that went on this summer. Was he going to Real Madrid? And a lot of criticism around him that the terms of him saying for PSG that uh, Macron interfered and said you can't leave the country. You know, the the president gets involved mm. in getting a player to to stay at the team. But the bottom line is he's probably the highest paid player to ever ever play football. And he's got all that. And then you've got to live up to it. You've got to produce the goods. He's on 50 goals this year for the calendar year already across the board with PSG and international football. But he's been superb. The match lighting's up. And again, you said, um, you talk about his influence in the game. I'm going, I can remember, you 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 remember games you go to when you see players and, you, and you're waiting on them to receive the ball in the match. And when they receive that, there's a, there's a little bit of initial hush. Now it's not so much of a hush, there's an excitement in the... In the in uh, in Qatar, it's kind of like there's a lot of people at the matches that probably don't go to a lot of football matches a lot of time, and sometimes they cheer at the wrong times. So that's what I noticed. Yeah. But anyway, when these players receive the ball, Messi to a lesser lesser, it isn't so much of that with him at the moment, but certainly that with, with Mbappe now, and that bit of expectancy. I remember as a kid about George Best. I'm going to see George yeah, Best playing. And that expectation, will he do it? Yeah. What'll he do? <laughs> and he invariably did it. He'd run with it. He'd dribble. He'd be fellas and yeah. fellas were swinging and booting at him and throwing the boot and, and, and all that. And invariably he did something magical that you left the game going, George Best. I'd love to be able to be like George Best, you know. Yeah. So Mbappe is that one at the moment. Every time he's got the ball in the two games so far, there's been something that's happened. He's not always picked the right pass or had the perfect finish, but he's been sensational. The two goals, and you look at them last night. The first one is a, a kind of a, a lovely little one to Hernandez. The time of the pass back to him. The decision to hit it when he hit it yes. wasn't brilliant contact but it was enough on it little deflection goes past the goalkeeper but the second one the speed of movement to be in there off the bottom Griezmann the sharpness and Christensen wasn't as the right back for, for Denmark be glad the players at, at Leeds he looked around and he looked like he, I th- I have him yeah. and we're in this it, it's a split set it's, it's a split 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 of a second it's that it's like in the in the 100 metres it's it just across the line how did they sort out who won that race wait we see the photo finish and it's not not won in the difference it's not 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 won he's in there and he's kind of bundling it in he has that agility and he's, up, he's way up off the ground he has that agility and uh um, strength of, of of thought and decision making, not to get the wrong part of his body to the ball. To him. so he's just been he's, he's been, and he gives them a chance. And the way they're playing, I think um, I heard lads talking to with, with John about with John Duggan yesterday about the French system. You look at them; they gave Denmark plenty of time on the ball, Joe. That like. The, the, the you know the high press thing that that's become the vogue in a lot of football and and particularly the Premier League football the majority of teams play the high press there's a bit less of it now Liverpool have dropped off a little bit more City are still very much at it Manchester City um, Spurs don't they they're very much 
um, a drop off and let the opposition have it and that comes into the English thing then but you look at France they're dropping off and allowing Denmark to be comfortable have time on the ball and play the ball around and it, it, it was quite easy for them at times to build up play and that seems to be to accommodate um, drawing the opposition on bringing them out in the goal not having not getting Giroud to use up his energy running around the place chasing after players keeping him with a bit of energy when he has got to do a bit of work but also that that uh, Mbappe mm. is keeping his energy for those moments in the game so that's what I'm going about yes. the individual players changing games individual brilliance changing games Messi did it last night for them um, Ricarlison did it rather than Neymar Ricarlison who he's been very iffy at Spurs hasn't played a lot he's been out injured for a month went off crying last match he played for Spurs didn't look like he was going to make it but that was moments of brilliance those players Messi Messi did it Harry Kane hasn't done it yeah he's, he's played played very well in the first match the, the, the controversy around whether he stayed on the pitch for so long after getting a knock in the ankle plays on didn't do well in the game, ending up drifting back to pitch. We'll probably talk about that yeah. as we go on. But the influence of the special players, the Bruyne, mm. I don't think he's done it in the two games. Didn't see any of the game today, but the beating two nothing, I didn't get the feeling that he was he was doing particularly well. Um, the other big influences have been the substitutions in the matches. The influence of the manager is a trend a very important trend because again we probably talk about Silgate what he should have done what he didn't do even manager today the Moroccan team puts on two subs scored two goals Carlos Quares puts on the subs they score the goals that beat Wales should uh, Page have made other changes after the goalkeeper Hennessy's put off should he have made a different change and taken off Bale even though he's the one because he can't run around he's not running around so the influence of the managers the influences of those special players um, there's a trend. Yeah. Um, lots of things. Referees. Not 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 a lot of not a lot of controversy about the referees. Interesting that um, um, Michael Oliver didn't get a match until today. That's interesting. Who's one of the best referees? Mm. We're out of doubt in the world. But not a lot of controversy. No. Not a lot of controversy around VAR. A few very dodgy, soft panels all right in matches. I've seen a few yesterday. Match yesterday. Oh, which one was it? Anyway, anyway. But but um, I've seen a few soft. But generally, the VAR thing hasn't been too much VAR. Not too much controversy. No controversy around the ball. Remember we used to have all that one about oh, the ball. The ball's causing problems. It's going too far. It's hopping too high. Yeah. The pitches aren't right. The... Um, Venezuelas are too noisy, <laughs> right? All them things are. They're not much about that. No. So, 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 so it's only about the game and the environment. Yes. And and should it or not, sure. And I suppose that's a good thing. So, from a, look, FIFA can't have any. They can't take any kudos for any any of this. But whoever is doing the referee inside of it, other other trends. Just I'd say. The Asian teams, the African teams, doing better. Um, the African teams, we used to look at the African teams and say, used to always seem to have dodgy goalkeepers. And like that, that's too big of a gem. But there's not been bad mistakes goalkeeping defensively. Organization, they haven't seen that. They've been much more solid 
um, much so better organized coaching is standardized across the world uh, across the world so much, much more easier. better organized uh, better organized uh, uh, across the world but, uh, now even though we've had the 7-0 in Costa Rica they come back gloriously last night to win last night 1-0 brilliant and we've had the 6-2 Iran they come back from the, that but, but, but outside of them there hasn't been I don't think there's that big big divide anymore no. between the European South American African teams that qualify Asian teams that qualify Central America to a little bit of Costa Rica but the Costa Rica have come out with that now well I mean they, had, they hardly had a shot in either match they had no shots against Spain they had one shot today and they scored Efficient. against Japan and they won we'll take a short break I want to pick up on the England points with you in just a moment our football show coverage is brought to you by Sky all the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. Brian Kerr staying with us through till four. Any texts or questions, fire them in 53106. Off the ball. Andy Farrell was almost giddy yeah, at yeah. the late. With he the wants sex. everything yeah. thrown at them as much as possible before like, the this is per- I couldn't have planned this yes. better. This could happen Maybe he did. Up. Subscribe to the Rugby Stream on the OTB Sports app now. You're welcome back. Brian Kerr is still with us reflecting on week one of the World Cup. So, we're going to have to keep this answer shorter because we started off just touching on last night's matches and we barely even touched on Argentina. There was a point even in the commentary and it was, um, let's say, a stop-start first half uh, to be kind to it. But there was a point in the commentary where Ray Houghton was just reflecting on the Copa America win and the 36 un- match unbeaten run of Argentina. And he said, he was almost half talking aloud to himself. He just sort of said, I don't really see it. Don't see it in this team. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 was, I was the same watch, watching the match gone. Uh, it was hard to believe they'd they'd gone so long without losing the game because there was there, there was very little about. I mean, given the situation, I mean they were poor against Saudi Arabia, um, didn't create many chances. Yeah. Messi scored a penalty, and they're under pressure. But they were under ferocious pressure last night, Joe. I mean. They're on the verge of going out of the competition. Obviously, Messi personally is under fierce, fierce pressure. But it was hard. like you looked at the team, and uh, you know there isn't pace in the team in attacking positions. Where team is playing up front wouldn't wouldn't be particularly fast as a centre forward. He couldn't play it in behind for him. Di Maria on the right side, McAllister. They didn't didn't make a chance really in the first half at all. There was very, very little happening for them. And the midfield was so poor. Rodriguez sitting back between the centre halves, picking the ball. The Paul was never on the ball. The full backs were, were timid. I uh, uh, And they couldn't get the ball to Messi because obviously once the ball was... was it, Looked like it was going towards Messi. There was a a, a lash of Mexican players clo- closing in them, just the same as the Saudi Arabians did. Yeah, and uh, it was hard to see where it ended, where the goal was going to come from. But the, what what was good for Argentina was Mexico seemed to decide fairly early on that they were going to be happy to get a point from yeah. the match. Yeah, and then. Argentina were having more of the ball. In fairness, again, the manager made a couple of changes which made the difference. Fernandes come on in the middle of the pitch, 57 minutes, instead of Rodriguez. And that really made a difference. Uh, Messi gets the goal. It would say out of nothing. It wasn't an awful, it wasn't a huge threat. The pass inside, Di Maria, and just two one touch to set it up and a brilliant finish. And that settled him to a degree the manager's reaction was to bring another centre back. He brought on Romero, changed the system, but they got another goal, and it was very comfortable. At the end, 
but it's hard to see them. You know, what's uh, last match is Poland. They'll have a difficult match with Poland. Mm. A draw might be enough, but it mightn't be enough depending on the other game. Mm. So they've got to go for the win in that game. But I don't see them being a, a big threat to the main players based on what we're seeing. But the group stages don't always prove prove to be the guideline for what happens yeah. after that teams can find form teams Go that have it. good players and good squads can find form probably especially with the short leading time to this World Cup in particular so uh, looking at the back pages the English media very confused about the Phil Foden situation if, you know, if there's a big talking point around the English camp as well as Harry Kane's fitness it's Phil Foden for instance so they play Wales on uh, Tuesday I think so Wayne Rooney for instance that was like the big point of his column today in the Sunday Times and he was saying like Foden's the best technical player we have Gary Neville's saying he's the best player we have uh, Rooney was saying for him it would be Foden if they're going with their current formation it would 100% be Foden on the left first name of the team sheet and let Saka and Sterling decide who plays on the right either side of Kane, either side of Kane. the other uh, point he made be curious for your thoughts uh, he was saying he would take out Mount and he would put Bellingham in where Mount is and he'd put Phillips presumably or if he's not fit Henderson alongside Rice he said Rice needs a defensive partner and he said that might sound like a very defensive thing I'm saying but actually with Rice on his own there without a defensive partner alongside him if Phelan's pushing forward he said England's fullbacks stay deep so actually counterintuitively he said this would allow England to get further up the pitch if we go back to that Rice and Calvin Phillips um, partnership of the Euros so he was Mount out you come Bellingham you go further on and we get someone else in beside Rice and let the fullbacks push on. So that's a bit for uh, Gareth Southgate to think about. Well, okay. Um, Foden first. Foden first, and who's saying what? Right? <laughs> um, because I think all these people are suddenly able to say all these things after game one, six two. It was football's coming home, and we're brilliant, <laughs> and we are sensational. And all the the manager got a bang on, true, sticking with true, Harry true, Maguire, true. stuck to his guns with Sterling, and yeah. played him. Got a bang on there as well. Went for Bellingham in the middle of the field, didn't play Phillips, didn't play Henderson. Manager got a bang on. True. He's a hell of a manager. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't go so well because they're playing against, and that's what I mentioned earlier to you about the narrowing gap between the European teams to say, um, and the others, let's say, European, South American, and the others. So we now have uh, USA and Canada being very competitive, as well as the African teams and the Asian teams. And they came up against a USA team American team very very well organised very confident two old boys in the middle defence Zimmerman Ryan playing exceptionally well uh, Robinson full back and Desk getting up and down the line and, 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 and suddenly England's full backs were pinned back a bit but with the last out in the middle of the pitch with the energy of Musa Adams and McKenney around the midfield area um and they never really got on top of it in the game. It was a slower build-up. The Americans were clever. They allowed them stay on the ball sometimes. Sometimes they come in and press. They jumped out and pressed on them and threatened them. 
but England never got a flow Harry Kane started to drop him back further and further in the match Bellingham wasn't as vibrant as he was in the in the previous game because they're playing against better players who than the Iranian players they're players who are playing at a better level around Europe you look at those lads they're, they're playing at, in Germany they're playing at Dortmund they're playing at Leeds they're playing across the board at a better level than the American players previously and they know tactics they know the English players some of them are playing yeah. in England they're hard playing so there's a, a little bit just respect Pulisic was outstanding picking up the ball running at the English defence everything we got the ball so where, where should they go over the next match so Foden yes Foden uh, surprised the answer he gave he asked the question why did not bring on Foden he said because he can't he doesn't play in those midfield positions for his club which means that he's only considering them for one of those wide front players to the side of Harry Kane and he brought on the two two extra players. He brought on uh, Rashford and Grealish. So that means Foden is number five behind them, which is a bit... It can't be right. No, it, it doesn't seem... Now, I'd always give the manager the benefit of doubt. I'd always think that the manager knows more than anyone else. And plenty used to, plenty of times he used to be frustrated in my own head about people saying things. Media <laughs> fellas and journalists kind of, you know, saying things. He should have done this and he should have done that. And I used to say, the manager who goes to as many matches as he goes to and he sees every training session and he sees every, is entitled to make those decisions. Yes, but sometimes maybe, Joe, yeah. you're in too much of a bubble surrounded by people who think the same as you do and kind of know the answers that you want to hear when you ask them questions agree on everything funny Neville said he was almost wondering has something happened that's the point I, I'm trying to say that sure. did something happen that Foden isn't right that he's saying I can't but and he's not going to tell us obviously that, publicly but, but I think it'd be changes going. certainly now we, I mean that was the first time I think since the Euros semi-final and final that he played the same team in right. two games in a row right. because you win 6-2 your automatic one is oh Jesus we were great well, now we can see two goals but we were great and the press are everyone, everyone everyone we go for it but in this tournament it's conditions the gaps are short not that short between the games yeah the other things that managers are going to have to deal with is is, is grumpy, is grumpy squads. It was bad enough when you're 23. Now you're at 26. You've a lot of fellas hanging about, not getting go, not getting on the pitch. With them extra time, longer extra time, there'll be more opportunities, more subs. They're using four and five subs, but you still got to be careful with that. But he will have to change. And I, you know, will he change and do something dramatic and put Foden on? I'm not sure about the one. What, what, what you said about Wayne Rooney him needing Phillips I always see Phillips and Rice in there and I always go what does Phillips really give you I don't see a great range of passing with him Rice a better range of passing yeah. and I think he's better at intercepting things and his 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 ability to run forward from the middle is better if he's playing with a partner but I, I don't think they should go back to playing the two holders again I think they've got so much talent in the attacking positions yes. they should stick with that OK uh, on Brazil by the way what did we make of them? Um, um, of the, let's say, favourite teams, I think they're a favourite team of many people. Many people who consider them the favourites for the tournament. Have they Have they justified it? I think they've justified it more than than Argentina have, obviously. France, I, I would still, France have done enough to say, yeah, um, outside that, who'll be next? Belgium are struggling badly. England are the other one, one and one so far with England. But you know, England, 
England got to the, the final of the Euros and did a nil-all draw with Scotland in a similar situation to the nil-nil yeah. with USA. But Brazil, I think, been good. Um, the Neymar one might not be a big problem for them. Weren't tested at the back against Serbia. Thiago, Marquinhos, very, very comfortable. Danilo, the, uh, uh, Alexandro, two full-backs in Juventus. Haven't been great at Juventus this year, but they weren't tested the other night. Mitrovic didn't look great, Nick. Great Nick Tadic. They didn't even play Vlahovic. They brought him on when it was too too late. There'll be harder tests for Brazil, but very exciting in the front positions. I don't think they'll get away. <coughs> excuse me, Joe, with that combination of Casemiro and Paqueta, the West Ham player, playing the middle of the field together. I think they'll need to when they get against much different opposition than Serbia provided. I think they'll need a Fred. Yeah. The Fred, not a Fred, not any old Fred, the Fred, the Manchester United Fred, or uh, Fabino in the middle of the pitch with Casemiro. If they're going to play the four attacking players, the outrageously attacking four, I mean, there's none of them going to do an awful lot for you when you haven't got the ball. And if you go back to when the trio at PSG, why they haven't been successful with the the three boys, with with, uh, Neymar... um, Messi and Mbappe it's because of that one that they don't do enough and they haven't got the ball that could become a problem for Brazil but Ricardson didn't do much in the first half you'd have been taking him off if you didn't know him at half time he got two sensational two great goals and there's a lot of potential um, look at the bench and Anthony coming on Firmino watching at home and Martinelli not playing apparently Fred was in there alongside Casemiro but Richarlison of late has been so irresistible that TJ has said okay well let's just try and get away with one and you go on as well but it'll be hard to see him stick with that across the tournament Uh, Germany then against Spain this evening so that's going to be interesting we didn't touch on Spain did you see and it's very hard to judge them off one game did you see Anything from Spain to make you think actually this this group might be ready now as opposed to in two years' time or four years' time? Well, I think the first thing is they've got a great manager, a, a, a tactically astute and courageous manager. <coughs> why do you, why do you say courageous? Because man? I see him leaving out players that the public and the Barcelona and Real Madrid fans would probably at times say should be playing the yeah. team over not just for this competition but in general he goes he goes by his own opinion and sticks with it and is not prepared to upset people and um, um, uh, he's a very experienced manager. Uh, he comes across quite dour I think at times but that's probably we, we don't get the full feeling for it because he's he's always speaking in Spanish nearly when we hear him you saw what he's doing now for this World Cup did you? Well, oh he's doing like a, he's got the headphones on and the he's a, a microphone and he's speaking directly to the fans and they can send him questions and he's answering them he's holding court on you name sex the night before matches I he's, did, he's, I he's did doing all see that oh yeah he's skipping the media and he said, "Well, he's doing the media, but then he's he's holding court directly to the fans, actually. So I think he's trying to reach out a little bit. So look, they didn't have that in your day, no, uh, but he's no. he's embracing and I all have that. Been talking about those sorts of things no, anyway. Sure. But uh, look, brilliant, and and oh, uh, I I the the start of seven nothing against uh, Costa Rica, sensational stuff. But you know, we say courage as well. He played Rodri centre half, and he's got Eric Garcia, who's played quite. Uh, and Pau Torres has been generally uh, generally always in the team. Pau Torres of Villarreal. So he but he, he goes and said, well, I like Rodri. 
I know he's not playing there for Man City, but I'll play him centre half because we're gonna have loads of the ball and his use of the ball mm. and his ability to range a pass and you're the you are because Aspergueta back in the team, getting on. But the midfield thing, the Busquets, Busquets, Pedri, Gavi, sensational. Gavi just but we've seen this happening over the last few seasons in the Nations League a couple of years ago. Gavi just outstanding. I mean what what a player he is and you know, this it's like have they reinvented that the, the great trio of Xavi yeah. in the yes and Busquets Busquets is still going and he's there and he's picking her up the front three didn't start Moretta puts Asensio inside the first time they were very very impressive and they've got you know they've got a good squad of players Morata come on scored a very good goal he hasn't been a he, he, you know, he, he doesn't score frequently enough. He needs two or three chances to get a good to score a goal. That's what you'd say about him. We still got a good goal scoring record. He's a handful. He gives them the option of changing it, but very impressive. And so we'll see how we'll they see go tonight. Yeah, and look, they. I'm being told to wrap at fifty four. Do you see that clock? Okay. So that's tight. Now we'll yeah. we'll, we'll give yourself a little a bit of wiggle room with a minute. What of Germany then? Because they'd be looking at missing the quarterfinals yeah. for the third successive tournament, which has never happened to Germany before. So Flick needs to try and sort something out here. Yeah, um, I thought they played quite well in the match yeah. up, up until they lost the goal. And uh, some, of, some of the combination play around the middle and Musiala uh, was, was superb. The big moment of that was Gundogan shot hit the post when they were totally dominant and making chances. And, and they've so many brilliant attacking players they're, they're struggling for the centre forward position Havertz didn't play well um, but I, I, I you or die tonight well, they beat Spain tonight you or die uh, yeah well they got a good they might result get earlier on four points. Yeah. they got a good result early on the result walked out for them early on so they're back in contention they might get away with, with four points but they get done tonight I think they're gone but um, I think it's, it's, well, they go away again the second time in a row. It was Korea in the, in the last match in the group, in the last World Cup, yeah. and they, they, they got done when uh, Neuer ended up halfway up the pitch on the left hand side. And Korea got the second goal when they were chasing the equaliser. So they could go out, but I, th- I think they're too good. But they're not too good. They're not too good. Spain could beat them, and it, it could be caught in the squad tonight. Germany go. But we see that Argentina have, have half rescued the situation and are back in. Yeah. They're in control of it themselves. Yeah. Germany, that would be a really interesting it match will. tonight. Two great teams. Two, well, two teams of great players, let's say. Yeah, 7 o'clock tonight. Uh, we are out of time. Thank you so much. That was great. Great okay. uh, thanks, to Joe. get your thoughts on the first week. That was Brian Kerr with us. Our football coverage is with thanks to Sky, all the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. Football on Off The Ball. With Sky, all the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports.